The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Sunday, September 24th. Uh, my name is Chris Crawford. I am joined by my good buddy, Ryan Boyer. We're going to be talking about the latest headlines. We'll do our three up and three down as well. Uh, but let's talk about some players who, unfortunately, Ryan, are not going to be playing baseball anymore. And we're going to start with a pretty obvious one. Mike Trout is uh, not going to be uh, returning for the rest of the 2023 season. I think this is something that can't surprise anybody, but I still think it's pretty noteworthy, Ryan, just because it's Mike Trout. Yeah, unfortunately, it seemed like kind of a kind of a foregone conclusion. He had that hamate bone surgery. Um, it's been a while ago. Tried to come back. I think he lasted one game and then went back on the IL. Hadn't given up hope of returning, but he, I think he did some hitting and still wasn't quite feeling the hundred percent. And plus, the Angels. Obviously, they're out of it. So yeah. at this point, no sense in rushing it. He was moved over to the 60 day IL, officially ending his season. Unfortunately, another injury shortened season for Mike Trout. Um, and at this point, since I think most people assume Shohei Otani is moving on, we're going to get a total of zero playoff appearances for those two. Sucks. While they were, while they were together. Just a just a travesty, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, we're gonna be talking about another one guy who's gonna have in our five up segment, who's gonna have more of an opportunity as, as a result of this. I mean, obviously, since Trout hadn't played for a while, he the opening had already kind of been there, but now that it's official, you know, we're gonna have more bats for other guys down the stretch. But yeah, another injury shortened year for Mike Trout, unfortunately. Brandon Marsh from Mike Trout. How much else, like what? Because Mike Trout's playing somewhere else next year, Ryan. And I, so. I feel like I feel like Philadelphia would be the team that makes the most sense um, for them. I'm so I'm just wondering, Brandon Marsh, huh? Yeah, I think that would be. Uh, I think some of that would make some sense, wouldn't it? Like you get younger, you get. Uh, you know, they're going to be into cost controlled because they this team is going to have one of the lowest budgets and they were uh lowest payrolls in baseball i guess i should say budget should be a lot higher than their payroll is i guess but i just think mike trout's going to play somewhere else next year i think that they owe mike trout the opportunity to go play somewhere else they owe him the ability to say hey we took we 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 did make an effort how much of an effort you can actually argue but they did make an effort but this is clearly not going to be something that is going to be tenable for the next couple of years we do not think we'll be in contention if you want out we'll send you out and i have to think mike trout's gonna want out and i i do think it's probably better for both parties yeah at this point um and i do think the phillies i mean beyond the fact that he's grew up in the philadelphia area or new jersey i guess i don't know how close he actually is to philadelphia but he's a Philadelphia sports fan, I know, um, mm-hmm. so from that area. And beyond that, you know, he's a pretty good fit, I think, in terms of, I mean, they like Yohan Rojas a lot. I think they'll, it, it's time for Mike Trout probably to move to a corner anyway. Right. 
he can play left field and move you move Schwarber to DH uh, full time. And you know, the Phillies owner John Middleton is no uh, he's not he's not afraid to add payroll. Yeah, um, even if you know Mike Trout, he's not going to be getting a necessarily as much bang for his buck as he would like on that contract. You know, the Angels would surely have to eat a decent amount of that, but. I don't think I think Middleton taking on a contract of an aging star, that combination of that owner and Dave Dombrowski, it, it seems like a seems like a fit. Yeah, it does. And you know, you could move Schwarber to first base. Reese Hoskins, you know, not necessarily a lock to return to Philadelphia. Lots of things you can move around. You're probably going to need to play Trout at DH some as well. Of course, Bryce Harper should be hopefully back enough. Nick Castellanos. Flawed yeah. defensive player, though he may be, is decent enough. Uh, I would just love to see it. I think it would be really fun to see Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, all those guys in the same lineup. Um, yeah. yeah, why not? Uh, another player who is going to miss the rest of the regular season and looks like missed the NLDS as well because of rules is Charlie Morton. Uh, Drew and I talked about this on Saturday, uh, but placed on the injured list. Uh, he was not placed on the injured list as of Saturday, but placed on the injured list. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because Max Freed also placed on the injured list, but will be back for the NLDS. It looks like uh, sounds like more precautionary stuff, but this one seems a little bit more serious and this could play, you know, obviously Atlanta is locked into a buy in the first round and um, has a pretty good shot at home field still, but uh, this could be a major loss for them for the postseason for sure. Yeah. It kind of throws a, throws a wrench into those, that postseason rotation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, you know, Max Freed, more of a precautionary thing with the with the blister. Right. Um, he'll get two-ish weeks of rest in between starts. Um, Morton, I think they're calling it just like a finger inflammation. Um, I know finger sprains can, you know, that can side on a pitcher for a while. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're not, giving up hope of Morton pitching in the postseason at some point. They haven't seen like a, a ton of details on it yet, but right. I mean, just by rule, he's effectively ruled out through the NLDS and the fact that they were ready to go ahead and make that move. That's not terribly encouraging. Great point. Um, I mean, I feel like injuries just and, and plus the just playoff baseball randomness in general is about the only thing that can derail the Braves. Mm-hmm. They, I think are probably still going to be the clear favorite, um, even without Morton, even with free, a little bit of a question mark. Um, but yeah, it's Strider and Freed's uh, the one, two is still pretty good, but I guess, you know, Bryce Elder probably going to be their third starter now. Yes. Yeah. Overall had a great, has had a great year. Yeah. Um, I think we would all agree he's kind of pitched over his head. Those are yes. stats. The numbers in the second half haven't been as good. Um, so I wouldn't feel great about him as a number three, but the Braves score about 47 runs a game. So it might not <laughs> uh, yeah, Very few things are uh, have gone wrong for the Braves, but not great timing for these for these injuries for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like those are the type of things that you're hoping to get in the middle of June or May or something like that. Then more so than right before the postseason starts. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, assuming Atlanta does get that one seed, they're probably looking at playing the winner of Phillies Cubs at this point. Although I spent about an hour and a half yesterday of a 45 minute show with Drew just absolutely lambasting the NL wild card situation because it is just so 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 stupid. But I will leave uh, – well, we'll see what happens by the end of the show. I might go on another rant about it. Uh, another injury to keep an eye on is Luis Arias. Uh, Arias ankle injured his left ankle in Saturday's win over the Brewers, uh, is not in the starting lineup today. Um, they're hoping to give him extra days of rest before they uh, start a series on Tuesday. Marlon's very much still playing in, uh, in contention for this, one of those dastardly wild card spots. Uh, pretty darn good player, Drew, hitting 353, 392, 468. Was flirting with that 400 for a little bit of a uh, little while. Um, 
hopefully we get to see him play because it would be kind of fun to see the Marlins uh, contending for a postseason spot all week. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see how the injury happened, by the way? I did not see how it happened. The They did like a light dimming for Tanner Scott. Oh, no. Coming into the game and oh, the rise. No. Couldn't see very well and tripped on the dug, dugout steps and hurt his ankle. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awful. So, and he made a comment like, like, I can't do anything right now. You never know how. It's hard to read too, read too much into it at this point, like how potentially serious it might be. Um, mm-hmm. I guess considered day to day currently, but we'll see how that ankle heals. Hopefully it's not a high ankle sprain. I mean, you know how nagging those things can be and take a while to, to come back from, but yeah, just a unfortunate, certainly for the, for the Marlins. I know you and Drew talked about it too, but they have officially lost uh, Sandy Alcantara yes. for the rest of the season as well. He unsurprisingly, unfortunately had a, had a setback. So, and, and Yuri Perez down for the season. Yeah. So they're, they're, the Marlins are basically held together by uh, bubble gum and popsicle sticks at this point, and hopefully, hopefully they can make a little run here in the last week and squeeze into the playoffs, but uh, not a great situation. Yeah, the Marlins are basically, instead of like that real nice uh, fish that you get presented, they're the the leftover poke bowl that somebody <laughs> tries to sell you for uh, <laughs> for a very large amount of money. By the way, don't get poke bowls. That's leftover sushi, guys. Do not get poke bowls. That's not fresh. It is not a good idea. And that and a wild card. I want to talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's get into uh, the five up and five down. But before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never really know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10, of course, indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Now, right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's get into those five up, and I'll get us started. Let's talk about Joe Adele. Joe Adele is able to hit a homer, draw a walk, goes one for three, and has looked pretty good so far uh, to me in September. You're going to take a look at that line of four for 18 and not be terribly impressed, but he has homered uh, twice in the, over those few games. He has a multi-hit game that he had against the Rays. Here's the thing about Joe Adele. He is still, even though it seems like, Ryan, he has been around forever, this is still just a 24-year-old who has some of the loudest tools, I think, in Major League Baseball. And look, over this next week, you're talking about a great audition chance for him, a great chance to prove that, hey, I am an everyday player. I am a guy who can be someday maybe even a middle-of-the-order option. Or maybe, hey, let's say something happens and the Angels do decide to go aggressive. Joe Adele has a chance to be a very interesting trade candidate for them, too, in those regards. Either way, these are, I think, are a pretty important final week plus of games for Joe Adele. And it's nice to see that you're seeing some signs of offensive life from him. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if he would have been healthy at the trade deadline, I wonder if they would have dangled him in a yeah. in a in a deal for a for an immediate upgrade since they we can argue smartly or not smartly kind of went all in and decided to go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Joe Adele, as you mentioned, still incredibly young, still incredibly talented. He uh, obviously has his drawbacks from a strikeout perspective. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to improve that part of his game, but mm-hmm. you, know, you can't rule that part out, but you can't rule that out either because he is, as you mentioned, still, still very young, but yes, going to get a, get an opportunity over this next week to play regularly and hopefully moving forward with the angels. I mean, if they do wind up trading Mike Trout over the off season, that would free up even more. Yeah. Every day opportunity for Joe Adele. Um, so he's going to be an, an interesting um, case to follow over the off season and, and into the spring training and depending on what the, what the angels do. For sure. Um, another guy I wanted to talk about, Jose Alvarado. Uh, perfect inning in a win over the Mets. One strikeout. The last three, three traditional saves that the Phillies have, have uh, accumulated have all gone to Jose Alvarado. Craig Kimbrell had a blown save on Friday. Kimbrell has a one ERA in September, but his second half – uh, walks. He has. He already has the same number of walks in the second half as he did in all the first half, and 26 fewer strikeouts. Wow. Yeah. Um, Alvarado had a do- dominant April, but then dealt with elbow issues. Made yeah. two different stints on the injured list. I mean, he's when healthy has still pitched pretty well this year, very well. Uh, the stuff hasn't. The velocity's been down just a tick. Uh, the metrics on the on the cutter aren't quite as dominant as they were last year, but sure. you know, he's still walks too many guys sometimes. But the Phillies, as they go into the playoffs, I think I think they might be actually the biggest potential stumbling block for the Braves, even more. Oh yeah, Dodgers. Um, and I think that they're going to ride Alvarado probably harder than they do Will Kimbrell at this point. I think he's pretty clearly first in the in the pecking order. Rob Thompson might go more matchups, 
Yes. That's a possibility. But I mean, I think if he has three outs to get with the game in the line, they're probably going to be, he's probably going to lean on Alvarado more than Kimbrell at this point. Um, he's kind of back to being the uh, kind of fire breathing dragon at the back end of the bullpen as he is. He's shown the ability to be at this point. Yeah, he's been really impressive. I'll be curious to see how they do manage that, though, just because, you know, there are some decent left-handed bats in that Atlanta lineup, but most of those guys, you know, that you're talking about are right-handers, and you might be tempted to be like, use Kimbrell in these situations, but Alvarado stuff can get anybody out. It doesn't matter if you're hitting left-handed, right-handed, or, you know, just kind of standing in the middle of the plate and have an ambiguity. It doesn't matter. Jose Alvarado can get you out. Um, Very curious to see how that matches up, and I really hope we do get that series. Like, there's a pretty clear to me big three in the National League, and they're tiered. Don't get me wrong. I think Atlanta and Los Angeles are close, but you got to put Atlanta on one tier and Los Angeles on the second tier, and maybe a little bit of space, and you put Philadelphia, and then everybody else is just like garbage. Everyone else is just not all due respect to Milwaukee, who might be able to do some damage in the postseason just because of their rotation. It's just not the same type of talent level. That offense is just nowhere near the talent of those three teams that we just talked about. Uh, but I really hope we do get um, a series where we can see Atlanta and Philadelphia matching up in part because uh, those two franchises hate each other uh, and it will make whatever they call Twitter now a lot more fun as well. Uh, John means seven and a third innings of one hit baseball. That one hit was a home run. Um, so he gave up one run. I am very good at math. Uh, one walk and four strikeouts uh, since coming back from the injured list has a 2.860 ERA. Um, not exactly missing a lot of bats here, six strikeouts and 17 and one third innings, but initiating weak contact. I think it's worth pointing out, Ryan, that like in terms of just pure talent, I'd probably take means over any of the other Baltimore starters. Jack Flaherty, I guess, is fairly close. But, like, John Means was like, this is when the Baltimore uh, Orioles were 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. This was like, hey, this is something we can kind of point to. And obviously, Grayson Rodriguez as well. But he's so – he's a rookie. You, you just don't know what you're going to necessarily get from start to start. But, like, John Means was something they were pointing to to be like, hey, things could get better pretty quick here. Like, if John Means is – this mid to top of the rotation starter, probably closer to a two than an actual ace. I'm going to be really curious to see how he pitches in the postseason because in terms of just like talent, he competes with any of them. And the fact that he is so healthy now and so fresh, like he's going to be an interesting arm to make, keep an eye on in October for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think at the very least he's established himself as one of those top three starters now for the in the postseason yep and that's suddenly and I, I know that's the the biggest um question mark yeah the biggest question mark for the orioles everybody's viewing but i mean if you look at means and grayson rodriguez and kyle bradish i, I they can they can do some things um that's uh they can at least be good enough when combined with that offense anyway yes um unfortunately the felix batista got hurt that's um, still a, a big uh, hole in the back end of that bullpen. But yeah, no John Means is certainly from a strikeout perspective, not on the same level as a Grayson Rodriguez, not not on the same level as a pure stuff. Sure. From a pure stuff standpoint. Um, he did have that velocity spike a couple of years back, and but hasn't really maintained that since then. And not since he came back from, from Tommy John surgery. But yeah, I mean, results wise, can't argue with that, um, and I think he's definitely going to be part of that playoff rotation um, going into the going into the postseason for the Orioles. One guy who would not be part of a postseason rotation, um, but is suddenly pitching pretty well for the for the Red Sox of late. Mm -hmm. Nick Pavetta, seven innings, three hits, all singles, no runs, one walk, and seven strikeouts strikeouts against the White Sox. Um, Dylan Cease, by the way, also had seven shutout innings and 11 strikeouts in that game. But nice. I mean, we know uh, what Dylan Cease is at this point. But that it's a, a little more difficult to figure out, I think. Always kind of teased. Um, he had a three-inning save in his first appearance in September, actually. And then since then has moved back into the rotation. 
has a 3.09 ERA, a 28 to 4 strikeout to walk rate in 23 and a third innings covering four starts. 173 strikeouts and 135 and two-thirds innings. This That'll season. work. Yeah, for Nick Pavetta. 30.7% strikeout rate. The list of guys with a higher strikeout rate for, among pitchers have thrown at least 100 innings. You have Spencer Strider, Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, Hunter Green, Shohei Otani, Kevin Gossman, and Freddie Peralta, and that is it. Wow. So, obviously, Mike Nick Pavetta has shown he can miss bats. Um, began this season in the rotation for the Red Sox, posted a 6.30 ERA. His first eight starts was booted out of the rotation at that point. Since then, he has a 3.39 ERA, 0.99 whip, 131 to 30 strikeout to raw rate. That covers seven starts and 22 relief appearances. He is arbitration eligible, I believe, one more year. Pavetta is a guy who the I know the the fantasy industry has always kind of been intrigued by because he's always had that bat missing ability. Yes. He's also always lacked consistency from start to start, season to season, month to month, minute to minute. Um, he, he feels like a guy who is going to eventually wind up in the Dodgers and finish like fourth in the Cy Young voting. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, he deserves credit for, completely turning his season around. Certainly it's, it's difficult to know what to expect of him moving forward. Um, that's a lot of swing and miss ability at the very least. I think from a, if you're playing in a league that has like innings limits and you, those high strikeout guys are, are precious to have. He's, he's definitely a very rosterable rosterable in that kind of format. Um, I'm still, not sure what to expect from him moving forward. I believe he's going to turn 31. Yes. Something like that over the, over the off season. Uh, one more year of control. Be interesting to see what, what, what the Red Sox plan to do with him moving forward or maybe use him as a trade piece, but certainly uh, enigmatic, but trending up is Nick Pavetta. You know, I was talking to a buddy about uh, he's a big Red Sox fan and he wants Corbin Burns really bad. And I could definitely see Corbin Burns being on the trade block. Wouldn't prospects and like an arm like Pavetta make sense in that type of deal? You know what I mean? Like you yep. get it's like a little bit of a solid foundation type of thing, because I don't think the Brewers want to do a rebuild or anything. I just don't think they like paying players a lot of money. So I could, I could see, see the Brewers doing... getting a lot out of Pavetta, too. Oh, yeah, they're very good at what they do with this stuff. I could definitely see Pavetta playing for a different team. Either way, I'll probably be out on him because I just can't trust him. I can't. I, I, I All that stuff, all the good stuff, I just can't trust Nick Pavetta. Um, I will look like an idiot for not trusting him, I'm sure, but it, I just can't do it. Uh, finally, for our five up, uh, let's talk about Josh Lowe, who had another big game against the Blue Jays on Saturday which I very much appreciated because I need the Blue Jays to start losing games for my Seattle Mariners. Uh, three for five with a homer, drives in four runs, including the game winner. Lowe, I think, has really quietly put together a strong season. 285, 19 homers, 79 RBI. Say what you will about RBI, but they matter in fantasy baseball. Uh, stolen 32 bases and 35 attempts. Consistency hasn't been his friend, but this is his first full year of Major League Baseball. That's to be expected. Like he was excellent in August. He had 347 with a 587 slugging percentage, 966 OPS. And then you look at him in June and you see a guy who hits uh pulling it up right now. Uh actually June wasn't so bad, but uh no, June there was one really bad month here, Ryan. Unfortunately, my computer decided to uh ignore that month. But here's the thing. Josh Lowe is a really talented guy. He's only 25 years old. He's a former top prospect, a former top prospect who's probably going to have a 20, 30 year. And we're not talking about him. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's in large part just because his usage has been weird. Yeah. I mean, not really weird for the Rays because it's what the oh, Rays yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but I know for, Geez, like the first two thirds of the season, it seemed like like he was never in the lineup. Yeah, against lefties. Yeah, um, and even when he was 
playing well, like Kevin Cash would randomly put him like in the eighth spot in the lineup. Like it's just the usage is a little strange. They have their reasoning. They're very smart people in that front office and that manager's dugout. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, undeniably talented, especially from a fantasy perspective in, a ro- in roto categories. He's going to give you power. He's going to give you speed. Um, will he ever have a true breakout breakout? Um, could be held back by the Rays and by the fact that he's not necessarily going to play or do a whole lot of damage against lefties. But yeah, from a, from a categories perspective, still a super intriguing guy and, and still very young, as you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And he's always like, he doesn't have like elite, elite speed, but like he's always been an incredibly efficient base dealer. Sure. Like I know he had a, I think he went like, what, 40 something stolen bases or something like that in the in the majors before getting caught for the first time. I, I could be off on that number, but I know no, it's, it's something like that up there. So, yeah. Yeah. So super intriguing guy, Josh Lowe. Hopefully it's, he can eventually work his way into everyday playing time. Won't have to deal with those platoon issues. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting too, by the way, about Josh Lowe was that uh, he probably could have been a first round pick as a pitcher as well and was drafted as a third baseman and then moved the move to the outfield, which shows you that um, Josh Lowe, a little bit, a little bit more athletic than me. Uh, let's get into our downs. And I don't like that we're leading off with this guy because he's one of my favorite players, but uh, we got to talk about jazz. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of platoon issues, you know, jazz had back-to-back games with a grand slam not that long ago. Yeah. But then since then has gone one for 18 with 11 strikeouts his last five games. He had a golden sombrero, as they like to say yesterday against the Brewers. In case you're not aware, that is four plate appearances, four strikeouts. That's bad. Yes, it is. OPS on the season, OPS plus, is now below league average. Wow. Uh, 31.4% strikeout rate for Jazz is in the bottom 8% of the league. However, he also has 18 home runs and 22 stolen bases in 91 games. Yeah. So, from a counting stats perspective in Roto Leagues, that's still quite good. As I mentioned, the platoon issues, we mentioned them with uh, with Josh Lowe. Jazz, is, he plays playing against lefties. He just doesn't do much against them. No. 167, 217, 244 against lefties this season in his career. He's got a Oof. 602 OPS with a 31% strikeout rate. Against left-handed pitching, um, so also a guy who is still young enough to maybe improve against against lefties. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you hope at the very least that he's competent enough to stay in the lineup because he's actually, I think he's actually graded out pretty well as a defender in center field for the, mm-hmm. the guy who's literally never played there before. Right. Um, injuries, again, have been a problem. Um I just I hate to put that injury prone tag on guys because sure. it's so so often it's undeserved. Yeah, um, and he has had his share of some fluky stuff, but you know he kind of had a full season in what twenty twenty one, but even that was like one hundred and twenty something games. Um, and he's basically replicated that production this year in in fewer games. So you know. Jazz Chisholm is certainly capable of having that 30, 40 type season. He's got that in his uh, range of outcomes, but will he ever hit lefties? Will he ever stay healthy? Difficult to say, but, you know, as I mentioned, he also, right before this brutal stretch, had back-to-back games with a grand slam. So even when he's in a rough stretch, he's going to give you your – your doses of brilliance as well. That's that's what you get with the full jazz package. You're going to have the full jazz package. It sounds like you're selling me a Sirius XM radio. Uh, the, uh, you're just going to have to take a lot of bitter with better for jazz, with jazz for a long time. Like no question that he's one of the most talented young players in baseball, but you got to put it together. At some point, it's going to have to come together. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see where he goes and drafts next year, just because 
it's so tantalizing but when you are a literal almost literal lost cause against same-sided pitching how high can you really take the guy like how much damage do you have to do against right-handers for that to be worth it uh speaking of left-handers uh my one of my downs unfortunately is Hunjin Rio who had a very poor start uh gave up five runs on seven hits and three homers over four and a third innings he also walked three and he only struck out two uh, gave up two homers in the first inning. One of those to Andy Diaz, who, by the way, uh, left today's game. Uh, there has not been an update why he left today's game, but fantasy managers, make sure if you're listening to this to take a look and see why, because it was very early. It would not be a platoon thing either. You say Kikuchi is still pitching. Uh, got plenty of sleep the night before, so he is still pitching in that game. That that story, by the way, the fact that that came out, that that was a joke, is one of the most funny things I think about it, because it's like it went over – everyone's head everyone thought he was just talking about sleeping 14 hours we could do an hour-long podcast about that by the way 14 hours of sleep sounds delightful Mm -hmm. but look this is what you have with Ryu is that he is a guy that is going to if he does not have his best command you are at risk of getting lit up especially against a lineup like Tampa Bay that has so many platoon options and hey you saw Josh Lowe was able to take him deep as well you know, this is just one of those things where you, I think, as much as I like Ryu, he's more matchup dependent for me. Like, you are somebody that I think is going to want to sit him against a lineup that has a lot of quality right-handers at this stage of career, at this stage of his career. Uh, and I'll also be really curious to see, assuming Toronto makes the postseason, which is looking pretty likely, not a lock, but pretty likely, how they line up that rotation. Because I think it's pretty obvious that Kevin Gossman's getting that first start. Um how are you going to use Ryu? Because Gossman's getting the first start. I think Bassett's probably starting game two, assuming you can line up your rotation, right? Like assuming that you can Brilliant. actually set that up. And then Barrios is probably the third starter, I guess. Or maybe if they're playing Minnesota, they want some left-hander on the mound and you do go with like a Ryu or you go with a Kikuchi. I'll be really curious to follow that. Um, there are very few teams. Seattle is one of them. It's pretty obvious who their three starters are going to be for that game and uh, some other teams maybe as well. But I think everybody else is just like, we'll see. We've got one or two guys that we're pretty confident in, and then we'll see what happens with everybody else. Yeah, and Ryu, um, probably he seems like would he would be the least capable reliever out of the, right. that group too. So Great like point. they almost – I don't know. I, I feel like he probably is a uh, the, their number four starter in the playoffs, and he's maybe going to get like one start per round if they if if they have their have their druthers. So. And in the wild card round, you probably just don't carry him on the roster, right? Because right. there's right. there's just no point in having him uh, because you're not really bringing. If there was a a loogie type of situation, maybe he'd make sense where you're just having him get one out. But I think that those those roster spots, when you're only playing three games, it's going to be too important um, to have probably an actual um, fireball reliever type than it is to have uh, him on the roster. I'm interested to see what kind of deal he gets as a free agent this offseason. Me too. He might be a a candidate to get a qualifying offer and accept it. Like he could, I, I think it would make sense to bring him back on a fairly lucrative one year deal. One year proven deal. Yeah. Like a. He's what thirty five now, something like that, yeah. thirty six maybe. Uh, so you're going to be interested to see his uh, his free agent market this winter if he gets that that qualifying offer, which I believe they they came out with the the number for that twenty point three million. I think they. I'll take it. Is the figure? <laughs> I just accepted it. Congratulations. Yeah, okay. Chris is accepted, and you will be a not recruiting a, a, a draft pick when he <laughs> departs as a free agent. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> another guy I wanted to talk about in the down section, JP France. Um, he didn't have like a terrible start yesterday. Five innings, three runs, two of them earned, seven hits, one walk, and five strikeouts in a loss to the Royals. Speaking of loss to the Royals, like, are we, can we discuss the possibility of the Astros potentially not making the playoffs? Oh, can we please talk about it? I'm sorry, everybody in Houston who's They've listening to this. straight to uh, the Royals, and they're just kind of they're scuffling around man. and let the, the Rangers take back the, the lead in the division. Your manners are still lurking. Yeah. Yeah, J.P. France – just a so-so start yesterday, but it's. I really wanted to just talk about um, 
it's taken longer than expected for him to hit a wall. Yeah. Um, I, I figured it would come much sooner, but he has reached that wall and it is painful. My friend last six oh, starts, yeah. 7.94 ERA, 1.91 whip, 21 strikeouts, 16 walks and 28 and one third innings. He had come into that stretch with a 2.75 ERA somehow. Um, I mean, he, Posted some interesting numbers in the minors, but like he, he always actually, strangely, it was more of a strikeout thing that he was good at in the minors. And now he's right for the Astros. He wasn't really striking guys out, but somehow posting a low ERA. Mm-hmm. That's why it always kind of seemed pretty fluky. Yeah. And it is eventually caught up with him. Speaking of playoff rosters and playoff rotations, I mean, there's no way he can be in the their playoff rotation at this point. I think the Astros have a clear one-two with Verlander and Framber Valdez. I don't know who their number three is going to be. Um, Christian Javier has been incredibly disappointing, but he did yeah. have 11 strikeouts in his last start. Nice outing last time, yeah. Yep. Start before that was also pretty decent. Hunter Brown is kind of. Uh, scuffling a little towards the end of the season, although he's mixed in some a decent start or two sure. here and there. I think both of those guys are definitely ahead of JP France at this point. I think he's probably pitched his way into or out of, um, if you want to use that way of looking at it. I mean, he's might be like a break glass kind of uh, kind of guy if you're uh, sure. in, a, in a desperate situation, that's when you use him or mm-hmm. you might not even make the playoff roster at this point. Uh, so has given the, the Astros some nice work overall this season, but mm-hmm. fantasy managers, if you haven't cut him already, uh, yeah, feel free to do so. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little story that, you know, the Cinderella story usually ends like this, though. This is usually what you see happen. And, you know, I'll have interest in him like in an NL only league or the very back end, depending on what their rotation looks like. Of course, there's like, you know, Lance McCullers is going to be part of that rotation at some point next year. And you're going to see some other stuff that happens that like France might be a trade candidate for them. He might be a guy that, you know, although I think maybe Houston and Seattle have both learned that uh, pitching depth is nice to have because you just don't know what's going to happen with those things. Um, Houston obviously probably learned the lesson a little sooner than Seattle because they've been so good for so long. But uh, yeah, I'll be really curious to see uh, what happens with France going forward, but not a guy that I'm looking to start for the rest of this season. Uh, You mentioned that uh, France didn't have a horrible start. Well, this guy didn't have a horrible start. He just had another horrible relief appearance. Uh, Allowed four runs on five hits. That The player, Alexis Diaz, by the way, sorry about that. Uh, suffered four, allowed four runs on five hits over two-thirds of an inning to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's multiple games in a row that he's allowed multiple runs, and he's done that in four of his last 11 appearances. Um, that's not good, Ryan, and this is really interesting to see because the Reds were, like, not a lock to make the postseason, obviously, but, like, looking pretty darn good. This thing is falling apart. Fast and unfortunately, Alexis Diaz, who has been a pretty darn solid option for most of the season, it's really hard to trust him as an option right now. Yeah, I mean, we really could put the entire Reds bullpen in this section for oh, what yeah. happened yesterday. They <laughs> they blew a nine to nothing lead against the Pirates. Incredible. Wound up losing, I believe, thirteen to twelve. Alexis Diaz, unfortunately, had a big hand in that. That just absolute belt down. I think that's four losses in a row now for the Reds. Yeah. Um, they're one and a half, two and a half, maybe out of a playoff spot at this point. As you two mentioned, and that two and a half. Um, that uh, the back end of that uh, NL playoff uh, wild card. Oh, such thing a joke. Is kind of. Uh, well, somebody's got somebody's got to make it. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, Alexis <laughs> Diaz overall. It still had a great year, but I, I think uh-huh. that ERA is up over three now for the season. Um, it's scuffled of late, but, you know, unfortunately, bad timing for the Reds because they are kind of uh, teetering here at the at the end of the season. Um, another guy who I don't want to say he's teetering, but his last two appearances he has. Whew. So this is how this is how Pete Fairbanks's outing went yesterday with the Rays. He came on. 
in the top of the eighth inning with Tampa Bay up one run against the Blue Jays, two on, two out, and he proceeded to go wild pitch, game tied, walk, walk, hit by pitch, walk in a go-ahead run. Oh. And then promptly pulled from the game. Yes. Yeah. Five of 18 pitches he threw. It, it seems like he should have needed more pitches to uh, to do this, but <laughs> he only needed 18 for that meltdown. Efficient. Only five of them went for strikes. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back blown saves for Pete Fairbanks. You know, he's he still had a great year overall. Um, he He's the kind of guy who, like, he's this tall, gangly guy who I think just his mechanics get out of whack and has trouble repeating his delivery sometimes. And sometimes that leads to some control issues and he can have right. the occasional blow up like this. Um, as I mentioned, though, the numbers are still great overall this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Adam, unfortunately, had a had a setback with his oblique. Looks like he's done for at least the end of the through the end of the regular season. The Rays have sprinkled their pixie dust on Robert Stevenson and made him a just an absolute monster. <laughs> so they have that working for them towards the back end of the bullpen. You know, I still think Fairbanks is at the top of the heap there, certainly. Yes. Um, but back to back blown saves, turning in the wrong direction, at least in the more immediate term. Um I think he's probably going to be fine, but unfortunate timing. Well, the Rays did come back and win that game, by the way, because Jordan Romano blew a save of his own. Yes. By uh, the the aforementioned Josh Lowe with the game-winning hit, by the way. Right. Um, Yeah, Fairbanks, Mizzou alum, by the way. Uh, Mm. Not not turning in the right direction, but I I still have, as long as he can stay healthy, a, a fair amount of confidence in him. I was screaming at Pete Fairbanks very loud yesterday, Ryan, because that the the Blue Jays the the to call that all of this going on in the American League tight is the understatement of understatements. Like everybody's within about a game and a half of each other, so it's just you know I don't like rooting against the Blue Jays because that's one of my favorite teams to watch. They they have so much talented young players. You know Tampa Bay does too, but like. I was just screaming, like, throw a, you know what, strike, man. Like, it just, it looked so bad. And I was, I was watching him put his hand over his face and stuff. I was like, maybe that's not working. Like, I just, you know, you can't help but get a little irrational when you're watching that stuff. It's, it's too bad your Mariners can't face, like, the Marlins in the in the wild card race oh, or something. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, I was just, I meant to bring this up with Drew, but, like, it, it, that's the thing. Like, somebody is not going to make the postseason in the American League and they're going to look at a probably 82 or 83 win team, maybe multiple 82 or 83 win teams that end up making the postseason. It's just, it's not fair, Ryan. It is uh, not fair. Um, We're not doing any fab stuff, but Ryan, real quick, is there anybody like you'd be really interested in picking up for this final week if you are playing for the final week? Um, I'll put you well, on the spot. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's all right. I a guy that immediately comes to mind who I guess I'm kind of going the other direction here. Unfortunately, Junior Caminero is up, but not playing every day. Um, I don't know what exactly the Rays intentions are there. Brandon Lau, unfortunately, we, we found out has a, has a fractured kneecap, so that could open up some playing time there. He's worth a flyer, even in a redraft, I think. In oh, yeah. That he gets regular playing time but i mean we're this is the final week chris so we can't we can't cross our fingers and uh so basically you're looking for good matchups and that's what really yes. all you care about you're looking for a, a starter that has two starts and favorable matchups michael king might still be available in some more shallow leagues and he's looked fantastic since moving in the Yankees rotation yes so if he's happens to be available in your league, you need to rectify that. Certainly, you got any uh, got any recommendations? No, I was just going to mention Caminero, and it is worth pointing out he has started these last two games at designated hitter. Uh, Luke Rayleigh is not available for them right now, and I think it's worth pointing out that they had Caminero play DH the last two minor league games, and he's been the DH over these last two. So I do think he is going to get some solid run 
one of the most talented players in baseball, a top five prospect for sure. Um, I'd probably just use the rest of my fab and go get him. Like at, at the very worst, you have him on your bench, but I would be, um, especially in like a lineup where you can set stuff day to day, like when Caminero's in the lineup, you're putting Caminero in your lineup. I think he you can't absolutely take that fab with you into the offseason, Chris. You cannot, unless you play in a dynasty league. And here's the thing I, I have this problem. Uh, I trade my fab every single year because I think you know my feelings on fab, Ryan. It's not my favorite thing in the whole That's entire not so world. Bad. It's, it's not so fab. It's not so fab. Uh, on that terrible joke, we will end this show. Thank you so much for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on whatever they're calling it now at Crawford underscore MILB. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Please rate and review the show. It really helps. We, we need that algorithm help. Uh, we have appreciated the support all year. Our final uh, daily shows are coming on Saturday and Sunday. And we'll say thank you again then, but we'll say thank you now. It's been awesome to have your guys' support. Uh, stay tuned for ever, new episodes every single day this week, though. Good luck if you're playing in fantasy uh, playoffs and all that stuff. I don't know what that's all about, to be completely honest with you. But those of you who are fortunate enough to be in it, very good luck to you. And uh, you know what? Go Mariners. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.